Hello, hello! Welcome back to Peach Betty Presents, the podcast where we talk to creatives about their craft and how they've embraced their hustle. Today, I'm actually super excited because in studio we have Emily of Tomatoda here. Emily, say hi to everyone! Hi! <laughs> uh, so, Emily was actually one of the first people that I became friends with, so I'm just super, super excited. Hi, do I introduce myself? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Hi, go ahead. my name is Emily, and I run a business called Tomatoda, and I basically make whatever I feel like making. But it's usually I usually use polymer clay and sometimes resin. Um, I'm mostly known for my cane, my clay cane content, um, and I do sell stuff online, but. Uh, I'm trying to move towards YouTube now. So, yeah, fun thing. Um, Yay. Um, shameless, shameless plug here. Check me out. My <laughs> channel is Tomatoda. Yeah. Yeah. That's Tomatoda on YouTube, right? And yeah. then Tomatoda.com on Instagram Tom- as well. Tomatoda underscore make. I think you told me a little bit about why you have the underscore there, but is there a reason? Yeah, because Tomatoda was already taken. Some bitch already took it. (laughs) And like the thing is, she doesn't even use her. Oh, I don't know if it's a she. I assumed it was a she. It was a Korean person too. So I assumed by the name it was a she. But um, she, she took it and she doesn't even use the account. But there's no way for me to, you know, take it from her, even though it's an unused account. So I had like no other choice but to add something afterwards. And I wanted my handle to be as short as possible. So I just wrote make instead of like, you know, creations or something. It just made it too long. So. But that makes sense to me. Yeah. Wait, but you said a Korean person took it. So does that mean that Tomatoda means something Korean? Yeah. So Tomatoda. To- tomato is tomato, right? And then da at the oh. end um, is means it is. So it tomato da means it is tomato. Oh, or, or, that's interesting. Yeah, I am tomato or something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is there a reason why you chose tomato? Do you have a fascination with tomatoes or something? No, it's because um when I first started the account or when I was going to first start my business my husband drew up like he doodled a bunch of like mascots and characters and one of them was a tomato dude that I thought was so (laughs) cute um it's not the one that I have now but uh it was so cute so I was like okay it's going to be based on this guy here and then that's when I named it tomato or tomatoda but that is so cute yeah (laughs) That's cool. You guys like kind of co- like collabed a little bit, like right before your brand launch. Mm-hmm. He likes to That's help cool. or tries to help. So, <laughs> have you ever? I don't know. Ever thought about releasing kind of like a whole entire sticker sheet of that tomato character? Or nah, I don't think people would be interested in that. Like Aww. I know it's like original characters are a little bit hard to sell unless they're like mm-hmm. super duper adorable. But uh, people usually like fan art, you know? Yeah, I have noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fan art sells a lot that. well. So even if I made a tomato like sticker sheet, people are going to be like, like, why the fuck do I want it? It's a tomato. <laughs> no, I totally understand. I think that's that's definitely a thing that a lot of people consider when they're purchasing art. Mm-hmm. So I get Because they want to rep their, you know, favorite 
whatever character. So, mm-hmm. you know, Tomato isn't one of those characters as opposed to like Bimo or Gudatama. Oh, that's true. I guess yeah, I see your point. That that is a big reason why I think a lot of people also have trouble creating characters too without having them be too similar to something that's already around or mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Wait, so how long have you been crafting though as Tomatoda? Because I, from what I know, and maybe our listeners probably don't know this, but didn't you graduate with like a degree in art? Yeah. Um, it. So I graduated from UC San Diego, which is known mm-hmm. as a like a science and med school, pre med school, I guess. So I was an art major at a school like that, which makes no sense, right? It's like you go to MIT for fashion design or something, if they even have, uh, yeah. got you. So usually when I tell people I went to UCSD for art, they're, they're like, you guys have art? So um, yeah, we have art, but it's, so I graduated with visual arts degree, um, which is like a lot of it was theoretical art kind of. So it's even, it's even more useless in the real world. Let's say that. Wait, can you explain theoretical art? I've I've literally never heard of uh, or, this or like before. art theory. So it's yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so it's I like see. you um our classes, a lot of our classes, we do have like actual technical classes, but majority uh-huh. of it is bullshitting. So you bring in a project or um something and you talk about it and you just try to bullshit as much as you can about it while making it seem oh, legit. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I've learned so much from that class. Um, like not not talking shit about the whole department because I actually love it and I enjoyed it so much. And it's it's developed me into who I am right now. But in the real world, that kind of art, you it's hard to actually make a real living out of, right? Because like as uh-huh, opposed to a absolutely. designer, you can actually, it has some kind of functional use. But, you know, art theory and like just those kind of contemporary arts, it's, it's you make it big, like a few percent make it big, and then everyone else is just kind of starving, I would say. I don't know. That's what I think. Uh, so you, you have to either like stand out or be really, really good at what you do, I guess, in art theory. Yeah, I guess. Or I don't know. It, it's it's a lot more complicated than you would think. Or it, no, you think it's complicated, and it is complicated. <laughs> but This reminds me of like AP art where I, I'm assuming that you would like take like a painting of like I don't know let's say like generic bowl of fruit and then you're like the reason this orange is here is because this person is sad Mm -hmm. or something and then the light shines at this angle and that symbolizes such and such Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that what it is it's like that but it's (laughs) you have to you have to base the orange being sad on something like you can't just say this orange is sad you have to give a reason why this orange is sad like is it related to oh. the earth because they're both round or something? I don't know. What? Yeah, yeah, okay. Because, yeah. like, I remember just one dude, he came in with a project and he was saying, the blue represents the sky. And then our, our team was like, why does the blue represent the sky? The sky isn't always blue. And then uh-huh. he had to, like, argue why it was representing, but he couldn't. And so the TA just did not give him a good grade for that. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. So it has to be based on something. Like, you can't just bullshit out of your ass. Like, you have to have valid <laughs> bullshit, and it has to, like, I don't know. It has to hit hard, I guess. Wow. That's, okay, that's crazy. So then that is 
basically the basis of what type of degree you got or in that field, that, right? That is just a speck of it. Yeah, ah, there's okay. so much more to it, but there, there's so much more to it. That's why I love it. It can go any way, any direction. But like I said before, in the real world, you can't really get a full pay, full-time like job uh-huh. doing that. You know, you, you can't work at a company doing that. You can't, you know, there's something like that. So did you end up, did you end up going a different career path? way after that then after you graduated with that degree or did you yep. still do art i went totally i there was after i graduated i couldn't really get a job in anything because i was either over, overqualified because i had a degree or i was underqualified because i didn't have um experience uh. and my major was not related to those jobs right um mm-hmm. so i did what usually uh i'm gonna i'm don't want to offend anyone, but this is kind of a cheater's way of getting a job. You teach you <laughs> teach English in another country. <laughs> so I taught English in Korea. Yeah. That's really cool, though. So that means that you were there in Korea for quite some time then, right? After you graduated. And- yep. I was there for several years teaching English. Um, I was... Did you like it, though? Uh... uh because uh, uh, uh. I'm going to tie this into, you know, you're teaching students, but your tutorials are very teacher-like, maybe, sort of. Maybe that's you like, maybe? Do you, know, do, do you kind of see what I'm trying yeah. to say? Yeah, actually, it's, it also ties into how I started uh, Polymer Clay, uh-huh. actually. Um, okay, cool. So I first, well, I've, I've tried Polymer Clay back in college. And I mean, it was for fun. Like, it was okay. Like, I didn't think of this as my career because I needed a real job that pays the bills. But, you know, it was for fun. And then um, after graduating and I went to Korea and I started teaching English, um, I worked for a few academies. But uh, for anyone who's interested in teaching English in Korea, don't go with a random um, academy. Do, do a program like Epic that goes through the Korean government. You will have so much more benefits. Things will be more legit. Um, if you do the route that I took and I just went to several random academies, you will get screwed over. You will get gypped. You will get scammed. You will go through hell pretty much. Ah, um, uh, Yeah, so after I think a year of that, I was so fed up, but... Um, um, I ended up tutoring people instead. So that's how I think I kind of got experience to running, running my own business because I was a freelance, I became a freelance tutor and I ended up, my whole hours ended up getting booked like every day, even sometimes on the weekends. And it gave me experience on how to manage uh, customer service with the parents uh-huh. and, you know, just teaching and uh, catering to custom did I already say that no um, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, um, and that gave me experience right but then uh, one of my students was she was my last class on I think Tuesdays and Thursdays and she, mm-hmm. so she was really into arts and craft and she knew that I liked crafting or I liked art so she would ask me to like make something for her 
she she would buy the material. She would buy clay, polymer clay. She would buy resin, and she'd be like, "Can you make something for me?" And then so I would actually stay after hours. Uh, so I would stay like maybe an hour, hour an extra hour with her, just crafting with her. And oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, of you. yeah, it was fun. And so we would both craft, and that's how she got me into polymer clay because she. Oh, yeah, gotcha. previously, uh, when I tried it in college, I used Sculpey 3, and mm-hmm. that is shit clay. Like, yeah, I don't I don't really like that Yeah, one. <laughs> I think that's why I wasn't... Not a fan. Yeah, I wasn't too into it because of that. So she she bought female, uh, professional female classic, and that's, like, more, like... It's a better clay, right? I mean, it's what I use mm-hmm, right now. For sure. Same. So um, I... Uh, I lost my train of thought. No, you're good. Um, you were saying that she bought Fimo for oh, you, you, and then you guys were crafting. Yes, and she, because she bought better clay, things just worked so much better and so much easier. Like, it did what I wanted it to do. It shaped the way I wanted it to. So mm-hmm. um, she got me kind of addicted to that. And then um, sometimes when I went home, I would actually uh, play around with clay just at home for fun, too. And... Yeah, that's how I got into polymer clay. I was like, dude, this is my calling. Like, this that is so yeah, cool. This is what I need to do. So my husband, he promised me that when we moved back to America, um, also because the cost of living uh, where we were going to move was a lot lower. He said he promised me he's going to make enough income for both of us so that I can pursue my business Aww. and my career and not have to worry about money. So oh that's really sweet of him yeah, i'm glad yeah. there's there's not a lot of people i would say a lot of artists who have the chance to do that but i'm i'm very glad that you were able to do that because your work is really good oh thank you thank you can i ask if you're still in contact with the person who introduced you to clay i was until 2018 and then oh that's really recent yeah i mean i guess that's three i mean that's three years ago so. yeah <laughs> so i mean we we would send like letters or like christmas cards and stuff but then you know she's like i think she's in middle school or high school now and you know oh, I, I, I just don't keep in talk- contact with anyone anymore and yeah so all the people you were tutoring all your students they were like elementary school they're elementary yes they're actually they were preschool to elementary school Wait, what? that's so, I don't know. I think growing up in Amer- in America, mm-hmm. and I mean, I feel like I had a pretty pretty good uh, home and family lifestyle growing up where I didn't feel too pressured by grades as much. So I never, I never did, uh, what what is that tutoring called? The, the, the Kumon? Oh, yeah. Tutoring? I never did that. The one with the sad face? Um, yeah. Now we know why the kids are sad. Yeah. <laughs> But like I never did that, so I think it's very interesting, you know, the cultural difference in Asia. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're trying to push their kids to like learn English. Like even in China, it's the same. But like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, dude, that's like insane. Like I don't know how I would have done that growing up. That's crazy. Yeah, you see the kids burn out by like sixth grade. Like they're so done with even earlier than sixth grade. Because like you know, when they're in preschool, they're like really. Uh, into it because you know everything's new and they're growing uh-huh. and they love it but then you're pushing so this one kid I was she was three years old I think three or four years old 
You tutored a three-year-old? I tutored a two-year-old. I'm just like, wow. what the hell am I supposed to do with this kid? But I, I tutored, uh, so yeah, she was like three or four, and she was already doing English. Um, at, she was writing paragraphs. Um, wow. She was doing math, and she was doing like multiplications already. She was doing ballet. She was doing Korean. She was doing uh, something else, too. She was doing so many things. And then, you know, that's like, I guess, I guess it's normal if you come from a richer family because they can afford it right uh-huh but then right. when i see some of my elementary students that were also brought up that way by like third fourth maybe sixth grade they're so sick of it they're so done with it they're burned out they're like i don't want to do this anymore and they develop like attitude problems but their parents oh. keep pushing them and it's just like oh man i'm sucks for you like <sighs> that really that uh that just makes me sad but not all of I them get, are like that but yeah it's so weird because here in America, like two and three years old, are you kidding me? I see these kids running around on iPads or whatever and uh-huh. doing truck things. I don't know. <laughs> truck things. <laughs> Little kids pushing trucks. <laughs> but that's like so different. Like, I don't know. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh-huh. Um, You also said that she showed you resin. So I'm assuming this was before you were introduced like epoxy resin and stuff. Was this just UV resin? No, so I didn't know what resin was. So she brought these things uh, from, it's like a local art shop. And there's these two, there's, there, there are these two small bottles, like clear bottles that says A and B. And she's like, you're supposed to mix equal parts. And then overnight, it's going to harden. And I was like, the fuck? Really? So it it did happen. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then that was it because it didn't work as well as I thought. Like, because it's, I don't know what it was with that resin, but it didn't pique my interest. But Wow, so she already knew about epoxy then. I think epoxy has been like a relatively new thing here in the states maybe in the last couple of years um i think i've i've met some artists um on instagram that said they've been doing it since like 2013 or something but back then it just wasn't huge it wasn't popular oh that makes sense there probably wasn't much info on it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah oh that's crazy yeah okay do you have like a favorite brand of epoxy or brand of uv resin that you really like that for using i know you're you like using epoxy more than uv resin unless it's for like really small projects but well actually i like using uv resin it's just that it's um expensive so yes, so the brand yes the brand of epoxy resin i like to use is i think it's pronounced alumalite um but the only reason why i like using it is because they have it available at michael's so i can just go to Michael's and pick it up as opposed to waiting for it to ship. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. That makes yeah. sense. But it's worked well because I've used uh, ice, ice epoxy resin, I think, and EasyCast. But for some reason, Alumilite just it fit me better. So uh, that's what I use. Like I use, it, I use epoxy for big chunks and for doming. Oh, yeah. okay. That makes yeah. sense. All but, right. That does make but sense. But it sucks because it does yellow after like six months. I've I've put it in my drawer where it gets no sunlight at all and it will still yellow um, after several months. So it... And this is epoxy, you uh-huh, said? Epoxy. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So it sucks. But um, if possible, I actually like using UV resin 
Um, the, the brand I really like is called Handcrafters uh, UV Resin. But, uh, I mean, it barely yellows at all. It doesn't leave, like, a sticky, tacky residue. And mm -hmm. it there's little – there is shrinkage, but it's very little. And um, I, I really like it. And um, if if you guys want to know more about this, uh, there's a channel on YouTube called Amy, Amy Made. And she's the one who introduced it to me, and she does, like, a full review of it. And it was good enough to convince me, and I, I love it. I, that's what I buy. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Gonna have to definitely leave some links down there in the description later on so people can check it out. <laughs> but in terms of, like, content creation, because you were kind of going back in that area now, you said that you are trying to stop selling as much and doing like focusing on that instead is there a reason why um yeah because online i mean so uh i started my shop in 2017 um middle of may may 2017 and for i think about like a year or two i i enjoyed it um it it was i mean i still enjoy it but it does give me kind of anxiety selling online because uh, oh, I, see. I don't want to disappoint my customers. So, um, you know, when you sell online, there's a lot more work involved because you do have to take photos, you have to put up listings, and then you have to pack that orders, right? And it makes me anxious. The photos aren't as... I try to make it as accurate as possible to the item, but it's it might not be. So, like, when a customer gets it and they're like, this doesn't look anything like the photo, like... I want a refund. Like, I don't know. It just, it's never happened. It's never happened. I know that's what I was going to say. I don't, that's a happen though. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I see, I see your anxiety, but I'm just like, yeah. Come on, sis. Like, your stuff is good. You shouldn't. <sighs> but still, it's just, oh my gosh. And then, like, you know, there's shipping issues. What if shipping issues? I haven't had a shipping issue, thankfully, but, you know, it's uh -huh. always going to happen. It's always a possibility. And, you know, the thing is, once it's out of my hands, what's once it's in, you uh, see, what's it called? US, USPS. <laughs> yes, USPS. It's not in my hands. There's nothing I can do to control it. I've done my job, but you know, it's in my policy as well. I made sure to put that in my policy, but you know, mm -hmm. customers are kind of like, well, I didn't get it or it came damaged. Yeah, they the USPS thing is, mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like. We're kind of damned if we do, damned if we don't. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are like, "No, you're the you're the business owner. Mm -hmm. You do you. You know, if it's out of your hands, it's out of your hands." And then there's other people who get really pissy, mm -hmm. and they're like, "But I paid for a certain, mm -hmm. you know, certain amount, mm -hmm. and so I expect it shipped to me, and you're not even gonna compensate if it gets lost. Like, mm -hmm. I just paid like a hundred bucks or whatever. So I understand both mm -hmm. sides, and so it's like really difficult. I'm like, w I'm, but I'm not like a. I'm not like Walmart. I can't just like replace it. Just like yeah, replace it that easily. And so I don't know. I totally understand yeah. why that makes you anxious. Yeah, like I understand the customer's point too. But like you said, oh, I can't do anything about it. I gave it to U USPS. Like it's their job now. Like I'm sorry. Like I wish I I wish I could, but I I can't. So that's you know yeah. It's just there's so many like anxiety points for me selling online and then um when i when i did my first anime convention i sold at the artist uh -huh. alley it was okay it was a lot of work yes but 
it was less anxiety inducing because you don't have to ship mm -hmm. you don't have to take pictures you're just everyone can see it mm -hmm. there yeah you see it there and you buy it there you can't come back to me later and be like yo this isn't what i want it's like well bitch you're the one who picked it like what do you <laughs> like excuse me like you know it, that's why like when i did the convention i really really enjoyed it and i enjoyed the okay this was before the whole panorama just in case to clarify you know the whole panini yeah yep. yeah the whole panini um <laughs> But like I, I enjoyed the whole social aspect of it too. Is that right? Cause like, yeah, you seemed like you had a lot of fun. You're posting like lots of like videos and pictures mm -hmm. on your story. Mm -hmm. yep. Cause like you know, majority of the time I spend alone at home, so I don't really socialize with people in person. But once in a while, I do like to meet people and to talk to people. You know. So when you go to a convention, which is only like, what, once a month or twice a uh -huh. month, if, if you do them regularly, you get to at least socialize with real people for, for twice a month. Like that's, I mean, two days a month. So like, I mean, I think that's really nice. And it's something that I wanted to get into. Um, and then when I, seriously, when I was uh, 2020, beginning of 2020, um, am I going off topic? Is this okay? No, no, okay. no, you're not. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so beginning of 2020, I really wanted to do like conventions full time. And I have um, a, f a friend who I met at a convention. She was like my my guide to conventions. But she, mm -hmm. she in 2019, she did like, I think, 35 to 40 conventions a year. So that was like once a week, once or something. Like, I can't do the math. Wow, that's a lot. Right? But it's, it was like, I was like, yeah, I, I want to do that. Like, that sounds awesome. So, you know, 2020, like we met again and, you know, we're talking and I was like, yeah, you know, I think I want to do conventions. Like I want to move away from online sales and do conventions uh, just to reduce the anxiety. It is a lot more physical work, but mm -hmm. I'm okay with physical labor. Like mental labor is what fucks me the most. Um, so I was like, yeah, this, this is, this is what I want to do. But then, uh, well, okay. So I looked at, uh, summer conventions and, the, and all the applications were already closed. So I was like, oh, they closed yeah. Already. And then okay. I was waiting for the fall applications to open. And then by that time, you know, the, the thing, the happened. thing happened. Yep. Yeah, that the big thing happened, and then I was like, oh, I guess I'm not doing conventions. So I was, you know, I was like, okay, well, at least I have my online shop. So I continued doing that, but the more I do it, the more, um, the more draining mm -hmm, it is and stuff. I, mm -hmm. yeah, and you know, um, at that time also, I started my YouTube channel, and it wasn't like a serious thing, it was just something I wanted to do and try. And because I like teach, I like teaching. I like giving tutorials. Yep, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, hey, a lot of people ask me questions. Why don't I just kind of try to, like, answer those questions through these videos? So, you know, I like to spread the knowledge and, you know, I don't know. Um, but so I was like, yeah. And then towards the end of 2020, I was like, oh, I can't do this online sale anymore. I'm going to I think I'm going to really do YouTube. I'm going to I'm going to. But I hate video editing and oh yeah. yeah i hate video filming and editing so it i don't think a lot of people understand how much work goes into making it is, videos it right is, especially if you're not gifted in that field so i 
in school, in college, I've always been traumatized by film classes. Like something about it has always like made me traumatized and not want to do it. So like, I was like, oh, but I suck at video. I suck at video. But um, I'm going to say the more you do it, the easier it does get. Doesn't mean that I'm good. It doesn't mean that I'm good at it still. There's a lot for me to learn, but I am getting a lot used to it and it's less um, um, frightening. Less time consuming too, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, I would say less time consuming. Actually, it's more, um, rather than less time consuming, it's become more structured. So I kind of, kind of know what I'm doing now. But uh, yeah, so I was like, yeah, let's just, you know, let's just do YouTube. Let's do YouTube. And, you know, I, I will get, uh, I, I'm still going to get like passive ad revenue from that. You know, I'm not, uh -huh. not going to be making zero money at least. So, yeah, that's what. Wait, so is there room for you to still do some online sales, you feel like? Or you feel like you really are just going to completely break off of selling online completely? Um, well, look, so the thing is, um, what I want to do ideally is to break off from online sales completely and sell mm -hmm. things at conventions once in a while because i don't want to hoard everything i make you know like there's uh -huh. no room for oh, actually this apartment there's my new apartment now has room for it. <laughs> but you know i don't want to keep things that i'm not going to use i want other people to also have them like if i had friends nearby and they wanted it i would just give it to them but that's usually not the case because this is a new state that i moved to and i don't know anybody here so um my plan was to actually just go to conventions once in a while and sell as much as i could and then keep doing youtube but um seeing i don't know how the whole you know pandemic thing is gonna work out uh -huh. so if if things go back to the shitters then i will once in a while do a sale on my website just to get you know clear up inventory like a shop update type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But less frequent than usual. But yeah. So I will continue online shops. But if things get better, I will do convention sales. Okay, that makes sense. I was a little, a little sad. Well, well <laughs> bitch, if you want anything, just tell me. I'm not going to take it for free, Emily. It's <laughs> not this I'll work. give you anything. Like anything. Uh, wink, wink. Well, this is why you're my big sister. So. <laughs> Well, let's see. I think for me personally as well, customers can be really scary. Uh -huh. And I think we both have the same stance on this in particular. And I know why I usually don't do customs, even though I've opened them just because I've been feeling a little burnt out. So I need a little creativity and push. And that's why I've, I've opened them temporarily. But what what is your take on commissions and how come you also don't do them at least on a regular basis um it's it's kind of like you know i mean we've talked about it before it's just mm -hmm. first of all it's kind of a trust issue from what i've seen from other crafters like they someone would ask for a commission and then they would make it and then the customers are like oh I don't want it or they just ghost them and then you spend all that time and effort into making this uh -huh. particular particular thing for you know nothing basically or i don't know it's just uh i'm just a little bit scared of customers when it comes to customs let's say that so has has this happened to you before where someone has like ghosted you after talking about it or you've made it and they just didn't pay you no because i haven't i didn't do customs from the beginning because i knew ah. yeah so yeah um but i do do customs for friends for very close friends, especially 
friends that I know personally in real life. Oh, because okay, they can't yeah, because me. I know where you live. You know? <laughs> Just imagine you showing up to their house. <laughs> Where's my money? For real. <laughs> Bitch, better have my money. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good song. Yeah, so it's been a while. So that's why I just don't do customs. It's kind of a trust issue, and I I am a somewhat paranoid person, and yeah, I would just rather and and um you you said you do it for creativity, like a creativity boost, but for me, it's creativity draining because it's it's I get really um um nervous about whether the customer mm-hmm. will be happy with this. Is this what they want? Is this what they envision? And if it's not, then it's going to be disappointing. And I don't want to disappoint them. So I'd rather right. just not touch that at all. But the few customs that I did for my close friends, um, I actually make them sketch it out. So I know what they have envisioned. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I yeah. see. I think what you said is interesting about the creativity thing. Because actually the reason why I closed them like forever ago to begin with is what you said it was draining mm-hmm. for me it was like i felt like i had to do it mm-hmm. it was work because someone paid me mm-hmm. yeah and i'm just like i don't want to i'd rather work on my own stuff but right now i'm going through a time in my life where i'm like i've made a lot of stuff that i want to make and i just have a bunch of things sitting around and i but i still want to do stuff mm-hmm. so the thing that i've done is that when i opened the commissions up again like the past few weeks and i had people messaging me about them I drew a line and was like, if what you are requesting from me is not my style, doesn't fit what I think will fit my feed or what I want to do, then I won't do oh. it. So thankfully, all the commissions that I'm doing this round are all things that when they pitch the idea to me, they're like, oh, I really like that idea. I want to make it like it was like, that is smart. you know, like. Because there were a couple of people that were like, hey, can you do this, this, and this? And I'm like, I've never made that before, and I don't want to. I'm sorry. I'd rather you go find someone else that will do that for you. I just don't feel comfortable. Like, it's not in my skill set. Um, that is smart. But wow. It's, yeah. Okay. And also, because, like, the way that I've been doing sales is that I'll just, like, tell people when it's available and then just set an alarm and it'll post for me and then some people will message me and be like I missed it and you said you're never making this again and so this is like a good chance for people to be like oh I'll get a commission because she probably won't make it again and so it works for me because I'm not I also told people that I'm not going to be remaking the same exact thing too Mm -hmm. so that works better for me wait so do you wait you said the post goes on automatically do you have an app for that or something or do you mean that you post it automatically (laughs) so this is actually kind of lazy of me i just set an alarm on my phone like 10 29 every other day Uh and then i wake up and then i have the post saved in drafts so i'll just post it wait there's a draft yes on instagram there is what yeah (laughs) it's helped a lot especially when traveling uh, when I was like traveling around a little bit, I was like, I don't have time to draft this. I'm gonna be on the road, so if I can just like press like post right like right oh. at that moment, it'll post for me. You don't have to worry. Oh about my it. gosh, I didn't so even great. know there was a draft. Oh shit, I gotta look at that. What you do is like when you post it, mm-hmm. when you're about to post, you'll write out everything, tag or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you can press backspace. It'll say something like, "Are you sure you want to backspace? Do you want to save it as a draft?" And you'll click on draft, and then oh. later when you come back, it's like you're about to post the same content, it'll actually show up underneath the posting box where it'll be like where all your drafts were. I think it saves for like, I don't know how long it saves for. I've only done it like the night of or something like before I go to sleep. So I don't know how long it lasts. Is this recent? Because like 
whenever I chat with people and they change the theme of it, I can't see anything. It just notifies me that they changed the theme of something and then I see nothing. So is this like part of like some kind of new update or? Uh, I don't know. I think I know what you're talking about. I know for group chats and chats, you can change mm -hmm. that too. I think they also integrated Facebook into it, which I don't Ugh, like because that. I like to keep that separate. I don't want like my, I don't want my friends and families like, conversations from facebook messenger merged into my uh -huh. peach fetty inbox uh -huh. that's i don't want that i want to keep it separate so yeah. i think they're different things yeah for real. <laughs> but yeah for posting i have that for instagram um it's just whatever's on the app and then i just schedule posts on shopify or whatever oh my gosh i need to i need to look that shit up man that's awesome the Shopify thing is so nice because I used to feel like a big reason why a part of me sometimes hates selling is that I felt like you have to like be my there. old way. Yeah, my old way of doing things was like, if you like this, please DM me and claim it and I'll make you a listing really quickly. And then I'm like nervous until they purchase it because I've had an instance where I made a listing for someone and someone else who wasn't that person purchased it. Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't be like, I couldn't be like, oh, crap. Well. You know, so then I had to make two or three oh, of whatever wait, wait, it was. Wait, wait, can you reply? Can you re reiterate that? I, I, what? <laughs> no, you're good. Okay, so before I got Shopify, because I got Shopify because you and another one of my friends recommended it, I used to do this system where I would post mm -hmm. the product on my feed, mm -hmm. and then in the description, I would say, if you're interested in this, DM me to claim. There's only one of yeah. them. And then they would DM me. It would be like, first come for uh -huh. serve or whatever and then i would like tell them how much it was and let them know if you don't want this please let me know because i'm going to give it to the next person in line okay so that kind of worked because then it's kind of like oh crap well there's only one this one behind me do i want it do i not want it mm -hmm. um but then most times like nine times out of ten they'd be like i'm interested so then i would go onto my store envy i would create a listing for whatever item they wanted and then i would send that link to them and be like Here's the link. Please purchase it as soon as you can. I'm afraid someone else might be looking on my shop oh. just in case and be like, oh, well, it doesn't say it's like for Emily and I just happen to be on the oh. shop. I want to purchase this right now. And they'll, they'll, they'll buy it before the person that I sent it, <gasps> sent the link to I mean, was able to purchase it. So stressful. I, I guess I think it worked for a bit, but then I was like, I get it. I don't want to manage mm -hmm. DMs anymore. Yeah, I don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of spam. Yeah, not worth it. Shopify has that nice because like before, you know, I used, uh, well, back in the day, I don't think Etsy had it, but um, I uh -huh. used Etsy and Zibit, but like you know, they don't have that time thing where you can schedule a time for it to upload, but then Shopify does. So I'll make all my listings. And then I'll have it scheduled for a day and a time. And then um, I just post it. At, well, I just submit it. And then when that day comes and that time comes, it just automatic everything just automatically updates on my shop. So I don't actually have to be physically in front of the computer, yep. like putting one by one up or anything, you know? Yeah, that was that was like one of the best things that had happened this year, I think. Yeah. For Peach Freddy, because I was just like, that's it's so convenient uh, yeah yeah it was, it was i was just like I, I don't know i just couldn't do it anymore and i know i know that like the big difference between some of the other platforms i don't know how much zibit was charging you but for shopify it's like 30 bucks a month yeah and i was like i'm able to afford it mm -hmm. you know i'm in like an okay place it's not mm -hmm. 
it's not a bad deal. Yeah. So that's why, um, actually, I'm gonna make a video about like my experiences with all of those and um, like later on on YouTube. But um, well, basically, Zivit at that time it was seven dollars a month. That's pretty good, actually. It's good, but there are a lot of issues. Um, there were a lot of issues. It was basically in its infancy, and um, the customer service was just so amazing, which is why I stayed there as long as I did. But for what we need, because we do updates, right? Uh huh. It's yep. not best for updates. It's it's good for people who just have who just leave their shop as is and people once in a while will come and buy. But for, for people like us who do mass shop updates, it's not good because uh, they do double, they have a double sale system. Well, it's not a system. It's a flaw. It's a, I don't know. My friend was explaining that it's something in their coding, but uh, basically like if two people buy one item at the same time, instead of just going to one of the people, it goes to both of the people. Mm -hmm. So you only have one in stock. Yeah, you only have one the in stock, but what? two people have purchased it. And then, you know, you have to go and you have to, you know, talk to the customers about it and like, or you have to make another one. And it was just. That's so problematic. Yeah. So Zivit had that issue and like amongst other things, but it was only $7 a month and it did what it kind of needed to do. So it was good. But then I, I ended up, Oh, so I don't make a lot in my business because, you know, I'm kind of like a, I, I want to have fun first. But mm -hmm. when I moved to Shopify, because I could afford Shopify at that time, um, it, it was just so much more superior. Like everything was so much more superior. Like, wow, it, it's $30 a month. Yeah, but oh my gosh, it's worth it. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, because I was like, at first I was like, I really don't want to pay $30 for this. But then, yeah, you know, with like the amount that I'm selling, I was like, I clearly can cover the cost mm -hmm. of $30 a month. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I don't have like a day job that can cover the $30. So I was like, whatever, mm -hmm. it, it's all good. Time is money, you know, Shopify saves you time, a lot of time and effort. So I definitely, yeah. yeah so you have to kind of like think about like, your profits in other ways too. Like, yeah, Zibit was $7, but I was spending like two to three extra hours on mm -hmm. sales because of their mistakes. And, you know, so. Mm. Speaking of mistakes. Just kidding. I never make a mistake. Uh, oh my no. God, I'm perfect. Don't you know that? No, that's, uh, you're good. You're good. You're funny. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask about artwork theft and stuff have you ever seen anyone reselling your work on like aliexpress or anything like that or anything like that I don't know. no oh actually on aliexpress like i don't want to like so so thing about art theft is like sometimes it's not theft it's just coincidence and i think the best thing to do is do your research and look at their history if they have a history of theft if you can recognize yep. a history of theft then it's probably safe to accuse them of theft but if they don't have a history of theft and it just happens to be like the same thing, then like, you know, it was just a coincidence. That's what I, I like to think of it as. But AliExpress, they uploaded, so they sell clay canes, right? Or like uh, uh -huh. uh, slices of clay canes. And like, typically I'm just like, oh, hey, I made that before, but I wouldn't think of it as theft because right. like, it's just, just a coincidence that, you know, clay canes are usually circular and how many things how many cute things really fit in a circle right oh i was gonna say something uh sexual but 
<laughs> but there's this one AliExpress <sighs> listing that I keep, I keep seeing, and it's uh, canes for the Naruto leaf, a Pokeball, and the Animal Crossing um, fossil. Uh, and uh-huh. I'm just like, this, this, this can't be a coincidence because. It, like in one one or two weeks i made those three things so th- yeah i made those three things in in like one or two weeks and they got a lot of traction and you know they're not related they did yeah, they're not really related to each other and then i see aliexpress suddenly in one listing selling these three items and i'm just like did they did they are they looking at me are they watching yeah me? they did Someone, someone for sure did. Right? And I was just like, if it was like a bunch of Animal Crossing canes and a bunch of Pokemon canes or like something like that. But those three that don't relate to each other in one group. And I'm just kind of like, huh, huh. But at the end, I was just like, I don't care too much because um, those canes of mine, they sold out really fast. And I've had other people ask me and I can't supply the demand. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just send the link to aliexpress if you really want them buy them on aliexpress they have it yeah they they probably maybe stole it from me but i'm just like i want you guys to be happy just just take them oh it's fine that's such a big way of thinking of that Eh. that's crazy i i think they stole that from you because you have a pretty large following and it it's it wouldn't be too crazy to think that like yeah. Someone follows you who, you know, has like a business like that. Like I'm not I'm not surprised, you know. Yeah. It's very possible. I mean, like I'm I'm personally not too upset at something like that, but there was this um AliExpress mold that I saw and there's a um a crafter a surp- little surprise crafter YT or something. Do you know her? Wait, is that a YouTube channel? Is that an Instagram? Channel? Instagram, Instagram. She makes these uh uh chubble, chubbies, chubbles. Gosh, I, oh, I can't remember. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, those like round, those cute round uh resin pieces with like pig pig faces on them. And they and she makes them in like different for like Yes. Yes. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Little surprises by yours truly. Oh, that's I what yours truly. Yep. That's the YT stand yep, for. Yep. Okay, yeah. Why I was just like <laughs> YT YouTube? <laughs> I know what you're talking about though. I've seen those on AliExpress too where someone is making molds of the chubbles. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, and they were selling that and I got so upset at that because I was like, dude, this is her thing, her brand. Like how the fuck like it's it's such like a big part of her image, you know? And uh-huh. it's not even like a mold of a donut, yeah, right? Yeah. It's something that she made. made. Yeah. Like chubbles are what she's known for. Yeah, it's her her original creation. It's not a generic thing like a watermelon you know and so i was Uh just so upset when i saw that and i of course i i brought it up to her and she she was just like yeah well you know what can i do and i was like what do you mean what can you do fight it like but i mean she's just really nice and i i just think wow like wow these these crafters like wow such a so angel it's just just like it's frustrating because Think about how many people ha- who have already bought that mold who don't realize it's from mm-hmm. her who are now creating that. Mm-hmm. And then if people come for them, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, you sold this from such and such. And they're just going to be so confused. Like, the situation is just horrible. Yeah, all I, I think so too. But, yeah, I mean, that's... 
Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Do you have any advice for people who are not as strong and tough as her or you in dealing with like people stealing their art? I don't. Well, What's a good way to deal with this? I don't. So, uh, I mean, I guess the first thing would be to. I know, like, people will say, oh, resolve it in private DMs. But usually, most of the time, like, I'm going to say 90% of the time, resolving it privately in DMs doesn't really work, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. the bigger companies or whoever will, won't see consequences. So, uh, gosh, I don't want to say call them out either. Um, I think it depends on the situation, yeah, I guess. it depends on the situation. Because sometimes that 10%, they will resolve it respectfully in the private DMs. At least try first. But I, I think, you know, if you get your work stolen, it's not, you, sh- you should be upset. But people online aren't as dumb as you think. And the original will always be found out. There are timestamps on your posts, on your, you know, whatever you, you mm-hmm. put up. So you have essentially evidence or the receipts to prove that you were the first one to do this. So in case someone else does rip you off, then just be like, hey, she ripped me off. Here's the evidence. Um, and even if you don't do that, I feel like people on the internet, somebody on the internet one day will. Like they let, you know. Pretty sleuthy. Yeah, pr- yeah. People like to snoop, you know? And then they'll be like, oh, this person has like 60K followers. And I saw the same exact uh, like creation on a 100 follower Instagram. But when I checked that Instagram, that 100 follower like made it way before like this 60k made it so there's that proof where people will actually see the truth they people are gonna know the truth they're gonna find out the truth so don't worry like too much i guess about theft because i don't know people are gonna eventually find out let's say that i I don't know where i'm going with this Mm -hmm. but sorry no i like that (laughs) and i think something important is that you know inspiration comes from everywhere Mm -hmm. I don't think, I mean, there are some designs that are very blatantly obvious uh-huh. that they copied, uh-huh. but like, I think as I've been on Instagram longer, you know, made more work in art, I kind of just let it slip by if it's especially someone that you can tell is like just starting out. It's not a big um, deal. So just like, yeah. pick and choose your fights, you know, don't fight with everyone. Like, mm-hmm. pick, for sure, for yeah. sure. But, Definitely, like I said before, like before you accuse though, before you accuse of anyone of theft, just just look at their history and their page and see if it was a coincidence or if they have a long history of theft. Then, you know, mm-hmm, take action sure. from there because sometimes, like okay, just because a a someone with a big following popularized some kind of design doesn't mean they created it. They could have actually stolen it from another person. But typically right. what I see is someone with a big following will create something and then a smaller person has that on their page. The people from the big following will attack that smaller creator when in fact that smaller creator was actually the original creator or like mm-hmm. came up yep. with the original creation. So like, uh, I lost my train of thought. Can you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I, I know what you mean. Um, you know, like the mob mobs are scary uh-huh. if you have a large following and you you, you, you accuse you know a smaller uh-huh. 
crafter with a smaller audience with bad intentions knowing that your fans are going to attack them that's really horrible and then there's also the other aspect of like if you're the smaller crafter and you're accusing the bigger crafter you don't have a big audience so no one will believe you but then there's also the aspect of you are a big crafter and you're accusing a smaller crafter and they are stealing your work then everyone thinks that you're a bully mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah you can't really win yeah. you really can't win just sucks just, I, I, just, I just let it i let it slide i'm gonna say like hey just get big just try and get big and then you will be the one with the power but yeah i just think people need to do their research before they accuse of anything um, definitely research is important yeah. and pick you said getting big and you have like 20 is it 28 point yeah something like that 28.6 yeah yeah thousand yeah. followers or something like yeah, that yeah i mean congratulations thank you that's a really that's a huge milestone thank you i uh, i've been losing like a bunch of followers recently just because i haven't been on instagram inactivity yeah inactivity but it's like at this point i'm just like whatever because you can always, you're always going to gain. I feel like the gain is more than the loss when you are active. So even mm-hmm. though I'm losing, I, I think I lost about 100 followers the past uh, two, three weeks, I think. Um, it's You're going to gain it back eventually once you start posting regularly. So it's just like, yeah, not, that's pretty not a big change. And besides, like, maybe there were bots that that i don't know yep and spam accounts and yeah stuff. there's so many sp- or people who follow to follow hope you follow them back uh, yeah it's so annoying mm-hmm. super annoying do you think matters i mean sorry do you think numbers matter uh in the wide range of things on instagram i think it does because uh wider numbers okay so before wider numbers would mean more exposure but lately the way instagram does it you know it doesn't mean the bigger the numbers the more exposure anymore because sometimes they will just snuff you out not snuff you out they will uh oppress you (laughs) i don't know what to say Mm -hmm. like you know they will purposely not show your content even if you have a large following so um but i think large numbers do matter just in general for exposure for for reach for sales I guess. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I do also think that companies tend to look at you in a different light when you have bigger numbers too. Yeah. Um, they kind of see you as more of an influence. I don't really know if that's necessarily a good or a bad thing really because I'm sure having big numbers does give you more opportunity, but also it comes with people not necessarily realizing or remembering that you're actually a person behind the account yeah i mean also yeah i think so we're talking about like sponsorships right yep sponsorships and i don't know even i know some people will put including myself will put like my crafting stuff on my cd or my resume so people will be like oh how many followers have you gained you know for like social media management or something so both i I would say both um i think it really like even if you have a wide following if the product that you are trying to sell to them like the the sponsorships that you're trying to sell to your followers if it doesn't relate to your theme it's not gonna work out Mm -hmm. like like um if i was so when i post things about like my crafting tools like it's not a sponsorship like i don't i don't do 
really do sponsorships um, because they're not really related to my theme. Right. But when I when I post like about my tools or something, I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of uh, uh, reactions. I get a lot of like people who want to buy it. Like I get a good response. But you know, when I post, if I get a sponsorship from I don't know Panera Panera Bread, right? For example, uh-huh. and I post Panera about Panera Bread on my uh, page. No one's gonna fucking care. Like, no one wants to see that. They're not here for that. I guess you could you could make up something like this is the type of bread I eat while crafting <laughs> crafting goals, <laughs> something like that. I, mean, I got yeah, I guess, but no one's gonna really like. They're not gonna be interested. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, whenever I get people who approach me asking like oh, will you, like, I've had friends who, I have friends who have their own businesses, right? But it's, like, not in the crafting field. It's a totally different mm-hmm. field. And they ask, like, for a shout-out. Like, I, I would love to do a shout-out for my friends. I'll do anything for my friends. But I'm just going to say, because it's not related to crafting, you're not going to get a lot of good response from it. Or response or at all. people interested, yeah, yeah, right. no one's going to be interested at all. So, like, you are just kind of, you're not going to gain anything from this, honestly. But if you are like some kind of like uh, you're gonna make a crafting table, or you're gonna make you're running a business that makes tables, especially for crafters, then yeah, like I think it will do well if I put it on my page. Like, yeah, I'll you know just that makes sense, and I I like the way you approach it because you, I feel like you are choosing to only select content that fits your page and fits your brand and identity. And I think that that's cool that you're able to, you know, filter that out and decide what's best for you. Yeah, I mean, like, if I get a sponsorship or if my friend wants me to promote their page, I want them to do what I, sorry, that was weird. I want them to do well, (laughs) but realistically, I know they're not. So I'm going to be honest and be like, hey, just know you're, you're trying to sell you're trying to sell Panera bread at Best Buy or something like who it's not gonna, it's not going to work out i'm sorry but you know yeah no i understand that that makes that makes that makes total sense to me i think that's super cool that you're transparent about that too yeah i just don't like to disappoint <sighs> you don't disappoint anyone you're good and also you're you're killing it with like your instagram and your youtube game too especially those canes i don't know how you make them but you deserve all the views that you're getting for those. Thank you. I I have to give credit where credit is due. Clay Zoo. Clay Zoo on YouTube, dude. He, <laughs> Clay Zoo. He is amazing. Like, he is, like, a fucking god at Clay Canes. Like, I, I get so... Like, people are pissed at me at how, like, quote-unquote, easily I make this look. But he makes it even easier. And I get the same... Re- I'm so mad when I see him just, like... I know he's not half-assing it, but the way it looks, he just so easily does it, and it looks amazing. And I'm just like, fuck you, man. Like, how the <laughs> hell? Like, what? Yeah. So what is the process of clay canes? Do you actually draw it on paper? Um, I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. it. Because it seems like when you actually make the clay canes itself, you roll everything into snakes or something and put all the snakes together and roll them again and then add stuff and roll them again. So how do you plan that? Well, so for in the beginning, I used to not draw it. I used to just do it from picture. But then if you, by doing that, your cane gets really, really huge. And then it creates a lot of, the bigger your cane, I would say, the more distortion you have. Because you have to, you have to like sh- shrink it. You have to massage it pretty much. You have to massage it into a tiny thing. 
and that leaves room for a lot of distortion, which is why I started drawing it so I can make it a certain size. And when I make it a certain size, there's less distortion, if that makes sense. Interesting. So yeah, I do draw it now. And um, I am still learning, but uh, it's a whole it's a whole journey. It's honestly, you have to learn. And like, you know, what works for me doesn't work for you either. You have to learn what what is uh, appropriate to your style and your needs. But um, yeah, you just, you draw it out, then you make the pieces and you make sure that the pieces are relatively close to size to your drawing. And then you add them all together, then you massage it into a snake-like thing and then you slice, slice, slice. That seems like it would take forever. How long on average does it take for you to... Okay, let, let's not include the the drawing drafting process, but how long does it take from start to finish for you to like roll out the clay and put all that together, roll the snake, and then get the final product of like cutting the actual canes and having the like the final version? To be honest, I don't even know. I have no idea because I take breaks in between and sometimes my breaks end up being like two hours. So I, I'm not very good with the time but i would say like the easiest cane it if it's taking me maybe like 30 minutes and then like super complicated canes take me about i work on them for two days about a day or two wow but not consistently just it just takes a day or two um but that's also oh sorry that's i mean that's also not including prep because you have to Uh condition the clay beforehand and that takes about an hour or two as well yeah, I, I can imagine yeah, that. I hate it. You said that the simple canes took you about 30 minutes. So what's an example of like a simple cane that you've made? Um, a really simple cane was the Triforce cane from uh, Zelda. Oh, I feel like I knew. I was, I was like, what? Is that from like Power Rangers uh, no, or something? No, no. From, yeah, from Zelda. <laughs> the three, it's just basically just three triangles. And oh, yeah, that okay, was like I the see, easiest clay. That was the easiest cane ever, and like I was surprised that it actually looked like what it was supposed to. So, okay. So then, what would you say your most complex cane is? The Pikachu? Oh, the surprise Pikachu! Yeah, that shit, one? man. That was. Did that took you a while. That took me a while. Like yeah, that did. But like, yeah, I'm gonna say that's that's on the higher tier. Yeah, that was hard. I'm like looking at it now, and it's like. I can't, my brain can't function. I don't understand. There's like different specks of green to represent the background, yeah. right? And then of course you have Pikachu, but then you have like all the fine details, like the outline of Pikachu, yeah. the outline of his mouth, the little like shimmer in his eye. You're crazy. Oh, <laughs> That's all I want to say. Thank you. That's insane. Thank you. And I, I think it's wonderful that that people also love the derpy ones that you made too. Yeah, I'm very thankful because like the thing is when you work on the cane, it looks perfect before uh, so before you shrink it down, it looks perfect, right? But then once you shrink it down, it's not perfect, it's derpy and you realize the areas of where you messed up and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I wanted." And it took a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, and it took yeah. so much time and I'm exhausted. But then when I posted and like People are, love the derpy ones. I feel like, oh, 
Oh, you guys are so nice. I'm gonna cry. Everyone needs to give Emily love. As everyone can tell, Emily sometimes thinks that her B grades are not very good when in fact they're very good. So everyone needs to remember to spam her content with like tons of love. I think you 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 give yourself too much of a hard time. And I'm not even saying this as a friend, but like from like an artist perspective, I feel like some of the flaws that you bring up in some of your work, a lot of us can't see. Um, especially that post that you posted where you threw away like, what was it? You made you there's like a calcifer. I think there was a one piece chopper or something. Um, and people were like, why'd you throw it away? And I mean, like, I understand from your perspective because you just weren't happy with it. But like, I feel like that goes to show that sometimes as artists, we're really hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're, you're incredibly hard on yourself Mm -hmm. too. We have a couple of friends who are like this as well, but like, I'm just like, (laughs) I don't understand. You need to give yourself more credit. I know. Yeah. I think it's just because we're kind of perfectionists. So we, every little Mm -hmm. small thing we see like we don't see the general picture. We we focus on little tiny sp- specifics, and that and it keeps it haunts us. You know, it kind of yeah, it just haunts us, and that's why we get really sad about it. But I also understand because when I see like your work or other people's work, and they're like, oh, I'm not happy about it. I'm just like, what's there not to be happy? About? It looks amazing. But I also understand that you see you see the things <laughs> right? that we don't see. But I I understand. But it, you can't help it. You just can't help it. I feel like sometimes it's also the process too, right? Like the reason why we sometimes see flaws is like the reason you see flaws in some of your canes is like, well, I sat here for like seven hours and I know how grueling it was to work on uh-huh. this part or something like that. So then when it doesn't come out the way you envisioned it, but to other people who have a fresh eye who didn't envision that concept at all, it's like amazing uh-huh. to them. But to you, you're like, this isn't what I wanted. Like, I guess it looks okay, but like, it's not what I wanted. Yeah. Dude, you're so good at speaking. Nah, I don't think <laughs> oh my so. gosh, yeah, that was like perfect. Like you make things so concise and like to the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do my best. <laughs> I do my best. There's a couple of things I want to ask you before the podcast wraps uh-huh. up too. Um, but in particular, um, I want to ask and see if you had any advice for artists just starting out because I know a lot of people. Uh, tried to start art you know when the panini happened and you know and some people want to sell too but with how instagram is and how it's not always as easy as just making a sale you know is there any like hard to hear tough advice that you would give to anyone who wants to like drop their full-time job and just pursue this or anything like that yeah that's the that's the thing my advice is always that you know selling art is a luxury it's i mean buying art is a luxury. i like that yeah yes. you can always i mean you can make it that's that's fine for yourself but you know buying and selling art is a luxury and not a necessity so before you go into it as a full-time business like make sure you have backup i didn't start my business until i knew we were financially stable and financially like okay for me to not really make income and to just spend my husband's money you know, <laughs> just just make sure that because even if you're talented, that doesn't guarantee you're going to profit a lot. I mean, most businesses, <clears throat> even like big corporate, like important business, oh, not important, but big corporate businesses, like <laughs> they don't make profit for a few years. So before you get into this, like even as a full time, just 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 make sure you have backup. Make sure if it goes to the shitters, you have 
extra money you can rely on, make sure you have someone you can rely on, or just start uh, start your job, start your like art business as a side thing, and then kind of see where it goes. You know, right? Yeah, because there's a lot that goes into it, right? You don't just like. You can't just expect that if you post something, it's gonna sell. There's a lot of like marketing that goes mm-hmm. on, a lot of like editing of pictures, customer service. Exactly. There's like so many things that go into it that people tend to forget, and you know, a lot of businesses or artists who are successful now um, is not just because they're talented or you know they were there at the right time or anything like that or a combination mm-hmm. or anything. It's also like, you know, they, they got that reach that they got because they focus on posting a lot or yep. posting consistently or yep. whatever it was. It's not just, I'm going to post this picture and it's going to yep. sell. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people forget that. Yeah. I mean, like you, like um, I, the, the podcast you had with uh, Birdie, uh, mm-hmm. like you guys actually have a full-time job and this is like your side gig. Like that's, I think that's amazing. I don't have that kind of energy or it, I, I personally can't do it just because I'm, I'm weak as fuck. But, you know, no, you're not. <laughs> but you guys like if you guys are so buff and like I see other people who are like full time mothers, full time, they actually have or maybe a part time job and they do this on the side. I think that's amazing. But if you're going to do a full like go all into it like me, make sure you do have a backup plan. Like I appreciate this perspective a lot because I think. I think of the people that I've had on the po- podcast, because this this is episode number three, you're the first content creator that we've had on that is doing this full time with that type of perspective. So I think it's super important because Birdie has a full time job and she's doing this on the side. And then Amy, who was in the last episode, um, is kind of doing this full time until she, she gets back to teaching mm-hmm. in the fall or something mm-hmm. like that. So I totally see what you're saying and I think it's it's super important that you said that because I know there's lots of people that follow us both who who want to just who are this or, yeah, yeah who are just like I love art so much I'm just gonna drop everything oh. when you know sometimes you got to pay bills and it's it's not it's not the most safest yeah. or healthiest ways even though I know we're in America and you're supposed to follow your dreams yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna tell you I don't even make minimum wage i mean i don't even make close to what minimum wage what a full-time minimum wage job would pay me um but i have a husband who can provide so whatever (laughs) i'm as long as i'm happy he's okay with that you know so yeah that's precious that's good i'm glad you i'm glad yeah yeah just just (laughs) make sure you got your shit in order before you do this that is solid advice. Yeah. Oh, last thing. Very, very last thing we'll touch on. And then we will we'll be parting. Oh. But Oh no. But you currently have twenty eight thousand followers or so. What do you have in store for the future of Tomatoda? Um, besides, you know, your YouTube stuff. Are you planning to make even more content are you planning to do like a patreon like what do you have in store for tomatoda nope none of that just youtube (laughs) i gotcha (laughs) like i said like i'm i'm very uh uh i don't have a lot of energy let's yeah so i i would love to do like patreon and thing and like i don't know like i just i just don't have that commitment i know i can't keep up with it it is 
it, it would be good profit-wise, but I need me to be healthy and I need me to be happy. And <laughs> I can't keep up with all of that. I know what my limit is. I can't keep up with that. So I can't, I can't. I, I, YouTube is what I'm going to do. So yeah, I'm sorry. There's nothing more exciting than that. <laughs> well, I think that's plenty exciting. And you did say that you are most likely going to be branching out into like, is it ASMR crafting or something? I like want that? to, but we'll see how that goes. Okay, <laughs> I need to experiment. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Sounds good. Well, we were super happy to have you on this podcast, oh, Emily. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. I miss you, boo. Oh, I miss you too. <laughs> we met, we met like, when was that? Summer 2018, of 2018, I think. 2018 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That was good times. Good. Went to little Tokyo and stuff yeah. like that. Don't worry. Nice once time. once uh, I get rich, um, I'll fly over to you and then we can cuddle. Oh, okay. Sounds good. I look forward to that. Please. But is there any like last minute shout outs you want to do? The floor is all yours. You want to shout out any of your channels? Well, of, of course, make sure to put your your YouTube and your Instagram link in the description too. But is there anything? Yeah, shout out to Peach Fetty, man. She's the realest oh, bitch. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bitch. I love you too. <laughs> I mean, that's all I have. Like, yeah. Love you guys, man. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for, like, who follows me and who always talk to me and, like, for always being understanding. Like, I feel like I love my audience. I love the people that I meet. Like, I think we click a lot, you know? So. This is good. And, you know, a lot of people really wanted to hear your episode, too. Got a lot of requests oh, for it. Um, so, tons of people, will, once this episode will come out, I know will be listening. You are the clay Kane Queen. Thank you. The CCC. Wait, that's not right. The CCQ. <laughs> Wait, can I say one more thing then? If people are actually, oh, I don't know if people yep, were yep. expecting this. I'm sorry if I didn't make sense in some areas, if I said something weird. Like language, I know I was an English teacher, but in general, language, I suck at language and <laughs> I lose my train of thought a lot. So I'm, I apologize if, if I said a lot of weird shit. Like, but thank you, Karina. No, not at all. <laughs> not thank at you, all. Karina, for like for like wrapping it up for me and like, you know, like just <laughs> making it make sense. Like I appreciate it. That's why I really like I like talking to you. You're so good at like ideas and speaking and I do my best. Thank you. I really appreciate it. But we're really happy. Uh, we're we're super thrilled. This episode has been super awesome. We learned a lot from Emily today as well. Like I said, please make sure to follow her. Find her on Instagram and YouTube at Tomatoda. There's going to be links in the description as well. So you guys can easily find that. And uh, thank you all for listening. Yay. And um, yep. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.